Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Uh, thank you very much for joining in. We're in April, we're in draft month. Uh, delighted to be joined. Michael McQuaid, myself, Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach. Boys, uh, last week we were talking about London. We've heard nothing since. We're literally the only outlet that has spoken about it since. Uh, but good to talk about the football again. We're now a short five months out from the kickoff of the new season. How, how would it Good, yeah. I don't think there will be any news on London until the NFL make the schedule announcements in May. Obviously, we saw what we reported on last week, but I wouldn't expect to hear anything official on that until May. And obviously, we are now into a draft season. Lying season continues, though I think I would say to our listeners and anyone out there, always put an asterisk put a caveat take it with a pinch of salt um anything anyone involved in the sports industry says publicly be it a player be it an agent be it a general manager there is an agenda to what they are saying whether it is a new contract whether it is a trade whatever it is it uh it comes with that baggage and certainly when it comes to the draft and positioning oneself and not revealing your hand this is lying season yep yep uh 100% agree I mean I think I got a couple of texts not long not long after our most recent podcast dropped from mates knowing if, if they should start booking flights and hotel rooms which I said look you know you might get 24 hours before the thing is announced officially but I, I really don't think you're going to get much more than that so um you know it's it's it's, it's you, you can tell that none of us are sort of shock jock djs because we'd be teasing the fact that we would have inside track and keep keep tuned in for more information and we would just drag the 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 ass out of it but we, we're not we're not that we're just fans we don't know anything we're hopeful um it would be a hell of a party if it was to happen in london but i think you guys will you'll know as much as as you'll see, know as soon as we do, which hopefully will be a little bit before the, the general public, but it won't be that much. 
Uh, it seems as if the schedule is going to come out in like the 9th or 10th of May. That seems like that's never, it's never really announced until like the week before PS4. Oh, schedule's going to come out next Tuesday or Wednesday. And they try to make it into like a late night event now, but they'll bring out the London games earlier on in the day, but 7 a.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. UK Ireland time, if you are listening in those areas. Uh, before we go, like, we'll, we'll, we'll take a wee look at the draft today. I wanted to get your lads' opinions on this because I, I don't know if anybody else to talk to about this because nobody wants to talk, like, they're sick of me about that at this point. I've seen Peter King's Monday morning column, not column Cronin, but his column, um, suggesting that uh, the Broncos would be prime opposition for NBC with Russell Wilson to play against the Rams and so far to kick the season off, which uh, for us, as, you know, as excited as I am for the season to start, it's a late one. But I think we have to expect at least, at least four or five games a season, lads, uh, for the primetime schedule but also we said this week about potentially amazon are dying to get a kansas city game week two uh in that thursday night slot for the broncos uh, i guess first off i'll start with you colin would you relish the opportunity for a young broncos team albeit with a prime quarterback and russell wilson going up to sofi and then potentially hosting the chiefs thursday night's two weeks in a row that is one hell of a start to the season the super bowl champions and patrick mahomes potentially well if you this is what the reality of having a superstar qb is uh, we know what the last couple of years have been no primetime games i mean that was the talking point last year how the the broncos and we've talked about it kyle brandt called it and an not you know a franchise that didn't move the needle. Well, all that has changed under Russell Wilson. Obviously, for us here, that could, you know, can mean very, very late nights or early mornings, depending on uh, where exactly one is based. If we were to play the, both of those games, if that were to come to pass, that would be us done on the Thursday. So at least it would be done early in the the season. Also if that were to come to pass that it was the Thursday opener followed by another Thursday game, at least you have a week in, in between. One of the big issues around playing on a Thursday traditionally is that you play on a Sunday and, and all of a sudden then you've got a, a very short week. So if you had Thursday and then a Thursday, I think that's advantageous to, to the Broncos. Certainly it would mean that uh, it would be uh, quite the baptism of fire for Nathaniel Hackett to have to go to the Rams and the Chiefs. Obviously, we were talking last week about the fire at the stadium potentially being an omen. Um, the Broncos beat the Chiefs twice uh, the last time there was a fire at the, the stadium. And obviously, we're hurting. We haven't beaten the, the Chiefs in, um, you know, more than half a decade now. So, yeah, it, it will make it very interesting, but it tells you the fact that the Broncos are in, you know, being talked about as, you know, one of the teams that they want to open the, the season with, potentially, um, though Peter King did put a big asterisk beside that, and potentially, again, Amazon looking to, to get us on. Yeah, it tells you that there is a real buzz about this team now. Stuart, are you excited for the prospect of two games late at night? Getting up the next morning after two hours sleep, or you know, here, imagine the game kicks off at three a.m. or something, something crazy. Our time, it'd be a crack, wouldn't it? Well, I was a much, much younger man um, when we had to deal with all this stuff uh, when Peyton Manning was about. Um, so, 
I'm already I'm already tired at the prospect, but it's it's a real sign of how quickly things have turned around. Um, Peter King, I think, Colm, um, Peter King mentioned it two weeks in a row, I believe, about the prospect of Broncos going to the Rams, um, which again, you know, I think it as as you mentioned, it is lying season, but I think when stories start to get legs like that, they are worth keeping an eye on. Um, and if we have to play the Rams, then you know maybe the opening night is traditionally a good one to get Super Bowl champs because they they're not um they're not battle hardened again and there's obviously a turnover of players and stuff like that. I mean there's been quite a few uh Super Bowl teams who who have laid an egg um on opening day. Um I, the thing about the Chiefs in week two um regardless of the of the late start for us um I, I it, it seems like the way the thing breaks down is it seems like we always go to visit the Chiefs in December now um, and looking you know you have to play them obviously uh, you know we play them twice a year every year sometimes we play them in the playoffs as well but it seems like we never get to play the Chiefs early in Kansas in their place and I, I'd kind of prefer to do that the counter argument would be if you're going to play the Chiefs you might as well get them early uh, in Denver because it would be good to beat them um, I think the last time we beat the Chiefs was on the Thursday night when um we got that late score, that defensive score. What um, a game that was! Yes, that was a, that was, <laughs> was a great game. Um, I think, and that was the first time I think we we kind of realised that that defense could be something special. We were able to step up in the biggest moments. Um, so yeah, I mean, having said all that, like the Rams, then followed by the Chiefs, would be a phenomenally exciting start to the season, and it would give you some indication as to you know just how good this team was going to be. The caveat is, of course, it does take time for teams to settle um but yeah as Colin said it's great now finally you know we've we've had a complete 180 degrees on this team you know we, we've gone from being a non-event with all due respect to teams you know that that people are talking about and um you, you know it would be it's good to be back in that mix I think I guess now you need to justify it it's you know this is the sort of the phony war this is when you know this is the time of the season in all sports where every team is potential and every team looks like they're going places and fans are at their most optimistic. But I do think having a player like Russell Wilson um will will you know will will, will give this a bit more sort of weight to it than just fancy fanciful thinking. And I you know it's uh given that the draft isn't as important as it might have been. Um <laughs> You know, and I guess we better get used to it because it's going to be the same next year unless something happens. This, you know, the, the, the start of the season is, is is the thing that we're most looking forward to along with the, the fixtures coming out, or the, the schedule coming out. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, but you wouldn't be scared playing the Chiefs in week two, you know. And I think, as I said, you have to play them at some stage. And given this, the nature of our division now, given the talent that's, sort of been dispersed all over the, the the division you're gonna have to beat the Chiefs at least once next year so maybe getting them getting that done early might be might be might be useful in that regard you know you have converted me I, I was panicking for a minute there but that start and now I'm going we'll beat the Rams will beat the Chiefs if we get it here a hell of a late night schedule if we do get it and you're, you're bringing me back to that Thursday night game I was in a, a hostel in Barcelona so like an hour later like it felt like half five in the morning and when that happened it was like that the end of that game was crazy back it's hard to believe that's so long ago now and that you're right that was the night that we realized that the defense was was really legitimate and it was proven that season with the, the result and um, we we sort of spoke off camera about this but you know just to sort of talk about this now like we are sitting here at the time we're recording we are 
uh, three weeks away from, from the NFL draft. This is probably got at the weekend, but we're just under three weeks away from the NFL draft now. Broncos picking uh, 64, boys. Am I right? 64. So day two, we literally could go to bed on, on the Thursday night. Not, not that we're going to, but we can just chill out. Uh, nothing much happening for us. But do you know what? It's funny because I feel as if we're now in, and I don't know if you boys will agree with this, I, I feel as if we're in the hangover stage of free agency and it's been like the biggest sesh as we say here the biggest session ever and all these moves happening like a big St. Patrick's Day almost and now the draft this year while it is exciting and there's obviously going to be standout stars it just doesn't have the same same vibe for me and maybe that's because we're not going after that rookie QB or or that, or that big player or in the first round but Colum uh, the Broncos obviously um, have visited a lot of a lot of players, a lot of colleges. Um, Abraham Lucas, Tyler Smith, Braxton Jones, Cam Jurgens, Dylan Parham, Cole Strange, obviously OT's centers with a real focus on that position. Um, do you have a preference for, or for who we might pick at 64 or are you fully relying on, on George's picks uh, and just waiting to see what happens? Because I guess at that point, Colin, you never know. You could have somebody that could drop and... But then usually when it gets to 40, 50, they are picked up then, but you never know. Yeah, it's very much who knows what way it, it plays out. Like sometimes boards go in, in very dramatic ways and the the QBs this year um, and the fact that it isn't a, a strong class means that, you know, it you should see guys probably go maybe earlier. Like last year, obviously there's a run on QBs that pushed guys down. We've seen that happen this year. It doesn't look like, but all of a sudden, let's say we saw the, the saints make a trade with the, the Eagles. There is some talk that that might mean that the saints are going to put a package together to try to get up, that they could do something to jump ahead of the Panthers. Now, if the saints were to do that and take a, a QB, suddenly you could get a, a run on them that might push guys down that can change things. I, I really think it's in, in George, we trust he, he did a, a great job last year. Um, you, you would have to say with nine of the, the 10 picks playing. And I think when, when it comes to, to the second round, obviously nothing's a gimme, but there is, there can be gold to be, be found there. And we know, Mike, we spoke previously to, to Justin Simmons. He talked about the way in which the Broncos hid their intentions. And so to me, the, them bringing in these guys, yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the case. And um, we know that George Payton is, you know, is a guy who can move up and down the, the draft board. He has done that. So it's there's no guarantee either that we'll definitely be picking at at 64 if somebody else wants to come back up into the the bottom of the second he might you know say hey if i can get a couple of um third round picks we know he generally likes to have 10 10 picks to to play with he doesn't have that at the moment so i think it's it's wait wait and see um i think there are a few areas where we we need players obviously and we know george payton likes cornerbacks obviously they're they're looking at the the line we running back is is an area um edge could be an area because 
how confident are you that Bradley Chubb um, and Randy Gregory will remain fit throughout the, the season? And um, the in, interior linebacker, yeah, we talked la- last week about that position, obviously Josie, and where we um, bring in um, uh, Alex from the, the Eagles, and we talked about what he brings, and Broncos fans will be impressed, but you'd still like maybe some speed there. So I think there are lots of ways it can go, and I don't think it's um, that there is a glaring need uh, for him to go in any one position. So I think it's wide open. What's your foster? I, I, I was surprised with just how many... Um, offensive linemen and particular interior offensive linemen they're bringing in for visits Michael because I think you only get 30 of those pre-draft visits and they've used six of them on those players already that's quite a you know that's a significant enough number Um, I think obviously right tackle was addressed uh, Billy Turner coming in um, or sorry Billy Turner coming back and we do seem to have quite a lot of interior offensive linemen of similar ability I think you could argue the one thing I suppose that we haven't really sort of factored in is that we're changing to a new system, um, especially when it comes to the running game. Um, so that might be coming to play um, in the sense that maybe the offensive coordinators don't think that some of the guys that we have there who are good players but don't fit the scheme that they want to run. So that might be might be where we're going. I mean, I think, yeah, just to kind of follow on from what Colin was saying, um, we don't have a huge amount of holes, but we do have some holes. Uh, I think you know. I, I I think we're all high on the on the the um, the Kool Aid of of what's happened with George and getting Russell Wilson. But this team isn't perfect. There are there are areas that still need to be addressed. Um, you know, and I think safety is one of them. I, I think myself and Colin have, have long agreed that Kareem Jackson is not the answer back there. Uh, I don't know what you feel about that, Michael. So safety is a position I think we need. And I do agree with Colin. I think you're taking a huge risk in um, relying on Bradley Chubb and Gregory to be um, a sack combo that's going to get you into the playoffs. Like you, you need those guys to combine for, I would say, what, 20 sacks realistically. Um, Randy Gregory's never had more than six. Um, Bradley Chubb has never been fit. So that's a big ask. Um, now I know Malik Reed is is he still has yet to sign his tender, but I don't think there's any um, trouble with that. Then that that seems to be something that they expect to get done. So there's not a great deal of depth there. Like somebody like the the chap from Michigan who unfortunately tore his Achilles. Um, I can't remember his name offhand, but he's a really David Ojabo. Yeah, like if, if for example, if he was to go on a similar sort of slide down, um, he'd be somebody that you would. I personally would take a risk on. Um, there's no guarantee he's going to come back from his injury 100%, but like he's a first-round talent who, through no fault of his own, may slide down. That's something you could pick. Um, you know, safeties, as we've discovered ourselves over the years, you can get good safeties in the second round, and you can also pick up good cornerbacks. Um, so, yeah, maybe tackle may not be... You might be looking at picking a tackle from maybe one of the smaller colleges day three and using, using the opportunity to sort of groom him given that you've got Billy Turner for only one year on a kind of a private deal, that might be the kind of thinking there, but you know, there are still good players available pick 64, um, but pass rush safety, perhaps inside linebacker positions. I think you need, and we do. Um, and I know Michael, I don't want to preempt this, but we still need a little bit of something in the running back room. 
um, because we still, you know, Melvin Gordon hasn't re-signed yet and Melvin Gordon may be asking for a little bit too much money. Um, and Mike Boone is another player who, you know, really didn't play much at all last year. Um, now you'd expect Mike Boone, who didn't have tremendous injury problems coming into Denver, you'd hope that he would come back. But, you know, Mike Boone hasn't really done much in the NFL. Um, so we could potentially be looking at a, a day three running back as well because you don't want Javante Williams to suddenly get worn down from having to carry all the, the take all the load you know the uh, one two punches required um to keep him fresh as much as anything else nobody has any doubt about Javante's talent he's an amazing and, and a hugely uh, promising young running back but you don't want to burn him out early we've seen that too many times in the modern NFL I agree with both your points and I really agree with what you're saying there with Bradley Chubb you know I wish and I hope that Bradley Chubb is going to have a hell of a season but his history would suggest that you know what if he gets injured week 11 and we're sitting there? We need, like, do, do I think we can get 20 sacks at the minute as it stands? We probably can't. So we're going to have to go out and draft somebody. We're going to have to get somebody that we can hopefully rely on. Do I think David Ajabo is going to be there at 64? I would love it if he was because I think he will come back from his injury. And I, I think if anything, it'll make him stronger because he is determined. If you look at the social media, that man is determined to come back and build and build and build. I think he'll probably go early to mid-second day. And if he's sitting, if we're getting to around 58, 59, I'd be making the call. I'd be trading up. Genuinely, I'd be trading up to get him. Um, you did pre-at me, but I, it's our last topic this week, so I do want to get on to it just very quickly. Uh, Melvin Gordon, if you're not aware of this, Mike Florio found out this week that he's changed his agents. So basically, he's made 16 million of the Broncos uh, dollars over the last couple of years. But he has went from uh, his old agents to athletes first, which are more of the you know the premier agents in the NFL. Um, he stands to make around two two and a half million dollars on a one year deal, so I can't blame him for uh, maybe seeking a uh, different representation. More than uh, well, he's been in the NFL seven years, five with the Chargers, two in Denver. He's got over six thousand rushing yards and over 50 touchdowns. And I really, I know he's had some issues with fumbling. Seven in the last two years with us, I really do like Melvin Gordon. And I think that combination with him and Javante Williams is, is a really positive one. So I'm hoping he stays, but it doesn't seem that anything's going to happen quickly. And, and as while Peyton is open to the idea and, and Gordon has openly told our friend Troy Rank that he wants to, uh, let's see what happens. Colin, are you in? Two and a half million is a, a deal and a half now. No, I, I, I wouldn't bring him back. I wouldn't bring him back. I wouldn't bring Kareem Jackson back. I think time waits for, for no man and be it at the safety position or at running back. I, I think you, you, you go young. And um, I think, in, you know, the, the reality is, is that for running backs, it's unfortunate. But the, the mileage on, on the clock as they get older, we know injuries mount, as, as particularly as running backs get older. So even at that level of um, investment, I, 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 would, I would look to, to draft a guy. 
Um, the the quality of running backs coming through the draft is absolutely uh, incredible in recent years, which I think is probably another factor in why it's difficult for um, running backs to, to get paid on second and, and third um, contracts, which is kind of unfair, right? Because it's a position that's so important in, in like the kids leagues, high school leagues, even at college. Um, and all of a sudden you get into to the NFL and it's still really important, but there's just so many guys who can do the job. So I, I think that that's a, a, an issue, um, but I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't pay it. And he, you know, he, he, he did a, a job for us, but um, sorry, there, there are other guys. I think you could, you can draft who could be equally as, uh, as effective. So I would move Melvin on, wish him well, hope he's successful elsewhere. But I, I think I, I would look to to bring in guys at the safety position or at um, running back um, in the, the draft and, and go from there. I think a new, a new culture. And OK, Stuart, I, I love that we're all have a different opinions here, which is good at this time of the year. Just to kick or to finish the show off, what's your thoughts on this situation? I mean, two and a half million is, is not it's not a huge amount of money. So I can see the appeal there. I, I, I think in, in some ways you've given Melvin Gordon a ridiculous contract up to this point. You, you massively overpaid Melvin Gordon. So now the appeal is, well, you can kind of get him on the cheap in inverted commas. Uh, and he is, you know, he, he did prove to be a very good one-two punch. And he is a known commodity in the sense that if you draft a rookie running back, there is no guarantee. However, you know, to agree with what Colin said, there are an awful lot of really good running backs in college. Um, and they do seem to, kind of churn them out and unfortunately it is unfair there is very rarely now a franchise running back um you know somebody like even christian mccaffrey who was drafted very high and is just pretty much was their offense in down in carolina for so long um injuries have destroyed his career and you'd wonder would he get the huge second contract when it comes up i don't know um so yeah, I mean, I can see if it came down to it. If you're asking, would you would you prefer to draft a running back and sign maybe a safety or free agency? I I would probably pick sign the safety. I mean, the one thing, Michael, that's still out there is as the Honey Badger didn't sign with the Saints, which was a surprise to me. I thought he would, given that's where he's from. He um, must be looking Celtic Tiger money that boy. He must be. What's looking, going yeah, on there? He must be looking big money, uh, for really big money, um, because he he's the premier player. Now I will say that last week we spoke about. Uh, the potential for Bobby Wagner joining the Broncos and about 12 hours later he'd signed them for the Rams so that was typical though that was you were the first person I thought of because you said it oh he'd probably yeah, signed, yeah, but it's yeah. like, no so uh, inevitably now uh, the Honey Badger will have signed by tomorrow by the time this this podcast comes out he'll have signed with somebody um but uh, you know if he's looking for uh, you know you'd kick the tires on Honey Badger for me because uh, he would tick a lot of boxes and it would almost be like the cherry on top of a phenomenal free agency and, and uh, you know, trade period for the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I, I think Colin's probably right. I think you can pick up a good running back. You want Javante to be the one in the one-two punch, so you don't necessarily have to go out and get a, a, a veteran, which which Melvin Gordon would be. But yeah, for me, the, the, the position I'd be looking at either through the draft or or through still free agency would be, would be the safety to play alongside Justin Simmons. I think that's the biggest... Problem, uh, area of need that we have although Stearns did well last year you still you're not entirely convinced that you're going into the into the season with Stearns as you're starting strong safety I, I, I wouldn't be 
I hope I'm wrong. I think he's he flashed, but uh, I think you you could still probably use an upgrade at that position. Boys, I've 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 really enjoyed the chat. I feel like we could chat for an hour about this team, which is a good thing in a positive way, which is a good thing. And we're we're getting there week week by week. Uh, I know we're going to break down. I think next week some other positions for the draft, especially definitely and sort of look at different things as well uh, but as my airpods die i guess all, all i can really say is to please subscribe to the mile high reports uh, podcast network listen to us we're on uh, every week in the off season most weeks during the off season colin cronin on twitter at colin from court stuart roach is at purple heart tc did i get that correct Stuart? And did, at sir. michael underscore nfl lads thanks a million for your time uh, see you next week go broncos go broncos go broncos